Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Monday, December 14th. We begin with a look at the COVID-19 vaccine rollout in Canada, which begins this week. We speak with a labor lawyer and ask the question of whether an employer can legally mandate the vaccine for its workers. Tis the season for overindulging. We catch up with a team and performance specialist from Good Life Fitness for some tips on boosting energy and positivity to foster a healthier lifestyle as we move into the new year. It's a big day south of the border as the Electoral College is set to certify Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States. We get details on the significance of this motion from Reggie Cicchini, Washington correspondent for Global News. And finally, it's a chance to spread some holiday cheer for local seniors. We learn about the Stockings for Seniors project and how you can lend a hand. 709 on the morning news. The Pfizer COVID vaccine has arrived in our nation and as the country begins the rollout, One question people are asking is if employers can make the vaccination mandatory for its employees. With more on the legalities, we are now joined by labor lawyer and partner at Gowling WLG, Nina Gupta. Good morning to you, Nina. Good morning. Thank you for taking the time with us. Uh, Just out the gate, is it legal for a workplace for an employer to implement a mandatory vaccine policy? It is, but it's complicated as with many legal things. I think where you're going to see a lot of support for mandatory vaccination will be in the healthcare, long-term assisted living setting, where you're going to find it more complicated in areas where the risk is less. And of course, if people have a genuinely good reason, and that means like a medical reason or a religious reason, they have a right to what's called accommodation. So a discussion with the employer as to what are the alternatives to vaccination. So is this going to become more of an ethical discussion than a legal one? Oh, I think it's obviously an ethical discussion, but the accommodation conversation is a very legal conversation as well because employers have a duty to accommodate or make it possible for employees to work when they have a genuinely good reason not to comply with a request for vaccination. So think of somebody who's got an egg allergy and can't actually tolerate the vaccine. We've already heard of severe reactions. So that's a conversation. But the more interesting question to me is, what if you just don't want to have a vaccination um, what happens then? And I think that the um, employer's obligation to maintain workplace health and safety will trump people's individual mm. concerns or desires not to be vaccinated. Interesting. Wow. And, you know, we're talking about employers and, uh, you know, individual private companies, but uh, could this come down to provincial uh, legislation and and maybe different uh, provinces will have different rules uh, that have to be in place? Absolutely. It would be much easier for both employers and employees if government and medical officers of health stood up and said, these are the areas where we expect to see mandatory vaccination. And perhaps there are other areas where it is okay for it to be a voluntary choice. What about for, say, an airline to allow passengers on board? No vaccination, no travel. Yeah, that's an interesting question. And that's not one that's been developed well in the law. Because, as you know, as we say, this is unprecedented. It's been about a 
yeah, a century before. Um, in general, but um, the same concept of back, um, accommodation applies. So businesses are entitled to put in rules for the safety uh, of their workplace, but they do have to accommodate passengers. So I can see a situation where, you know, if somebody genuinely can't have a vac- uh, vaccine, they're going to have to accommodate in some way. We've got a question on the text line, and I think we can apply it to perhaps an employer. And uh, you can answer this one. I'm sure you've probably seen memes like this as well when, you know, the word mandatory and vaccine are in the same sentence. What's the difference between a mandatory vaccination and a mandatory seatbelt in a car or a helmet on a motorcycle? So if we take this to maybe I'm a delivery driver, my employer would say I have to wear a seatbelt. Is there a difference? Can we draw a parallel? I think we can draw a parallel, and um, I don't know what the law is in Alberta, I'm afraid, but I know in Ontario we have mandatory vaccination for students who go into primary school. So we do have cases where we force, quote-unquote, people to have vaccines. I don't see the actual difference. I think where um, lawyers, my other lawyers might say there is a difference is up until now, we have never forced people to have a medical treatment. And understand something, no healthcare professional in Canada will actually stick you with a vaccine unless you consent. Mm. So what we're really talking about is whether a employer can refuse to give you hours or hire you if you refuse to have a vaccine, or whether a business owner can refuse you entry if you refuse to have a vaccine. I think there is a difference, though, about because it's a medical treatment. Yeah, you know, it brings up the question, you know, if if you're an employee and your company says mandatory, but you can work from home and not take the vaccine, could that be a way around it, too, for businesses? Excellent. So that's the kind of accommodation discussion that you will see happen, right? So, um, you know, if a person can work from home and that is reasonably satisfactory, but it has to be a genuinely legally protected reason for not having the vaccine. So I have friends who have allergies to vaccine or immunocompromised and they shouldn't be taking the vaccine um, or have religious reasons why they don't want to have a vaccine. So it has to be a protected ground or reason in order to trigger the obligation to accommodate. Nina, you know, this is, uh, you know, one of the major issues we're talking now as vaccines become available. We weren't sure when they would. Uh, but I'm wondering in the past year, uh, during the pandemic, the challenges facing you as a labor lawyer, I'm, I'm sure it's mm. a uncharted territory for, for many people in your field. Absolutely. You know, even the mandatory mask orders that we saw, we saw a lot of blowback initially um, to employers who insisted on mandatory masks. Um and we work through the, those issues. And, of course, there have been massive layoffs, which is always really tough on everybody involved. And now we're going to be dealing with vaccines. But I, I want to tell your listeners, some of this is very academic because I'm not sure we're going to get to a place where the general population is going to get vaccinated for months yet. Right. So, I mean, there's time There's time for everybody to work up their argument in the meantime. <laughs> get whipped yeah, up. And, and, get, and learn a little bit more. I mean, there's a lot of vaccine fear. I come from a background where, you know, family members have passed away because 
they did not have the vaccine for that disease, and we now have the vaccine for mm-hmm. that disease. So I'm very pro-vaccination. I think in West, in the Western world in general, we've been spoiled a bit with our excellent healthcare resources. Yep. We've forgotten how deadly infectious diseases historically have been. So true. A great discussion. Maybe we'll have you on as things uh, move forward a little uh, a little further. Thank you so much for your time this morning. My pleasure. Have a great morning. Bye-bye then. Bye-bye. That's Nina Gupta, labor lawyer, partner at Gowling WLG. 609 now. And all those holiday treats you're about to stuff into your face can wreak (laughs) havoc on your waistline and your mental health as well. Abby Johnson-Bertrand is a team and performance specialist with Good Life Fitness. She's got some tips for us on boosting our energy and really just kind of creating a positive state of mind for a healthier you in 2021. Good morning, Abby. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. I mean, we know we're going to perhaps... Can we call it miss eating over the holidays? We're, we're going to eat things we wouldn't normally eat, but are there some sort of tricks and, and tips that you can give us as we head into the holidays and, and what we should be trying to accomplish or, or remembering in the back of our head? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously this year is going to be different for many people than, mm-hmm. than previous years, but a lot of the same things will hold true. So number one, it starts kind of eating with purpose. So planning kind of what you're going to eat throughout the day is one of those keys to success. Oftentimes, if we're really, really hungry, that's where we're looking for kind of those quick fixes of, you know, foods that are maybe not as healthy choices. Um, and, and the reality is we are likely going to be eating and, and maybe drinking um, things that are different than we would typically do throughout the year. So if you know you are going to have, you know, a special treat or a uh, a virtual family get together um, and you're saving kind of those great things for that moment, um, try to kind of front end your day with healthy choices. So, you know, have some great food for breakfast, lunch, and then, you know, have that splurge for, for dinner and those holiday treats. And just, of course, you know, hydrate, drinking lots of water, um, especially in winter is really, really key. So it will help you kind of feel more full throughout the day, but also acknowledge that you're, you know, just your body runs better when you're well hydrated. So a few quick tips here will help you kind of get started on that aspect of things. Abby, it's got to be tough with you, your job title, team and performance specialist ahead of this holiday season, which is different than any holiday mm-hmm. season any of us have experienced because a lot of us might already be behind the eight ball and, and already behind in these goals due to the nature of the pandemic and more of a sedentary life over the past several months. Yeah, absolutely. And the key really right now is we know that physical activity really does drive your emotional well-being. So whatever you can do to stay active in times like these, so if it's going outside, going for a hike, um, you know, building a snow fort outside with your kids, doing an online workout, um, dancing in the kitchen, anything that's just going to give you some movement to literally get off of the couch and or out of your office chair right now, um, even if it's five minutes of activity, um, will make you feel better, not only physically, but of course, uh, mentally. So we know that when we have that motion, it really, really does start to shift our mindset and how we feel about our body. Obviously, there's endorphins that come, um, but it's those small wins that we want to find along the, um, along the way. So it doesn't have to be a three-hour long workout that you're doing. It's just what can you do to get moving? 
And there's a lot of research showing that if you can do that first thing in the morning, of course, um, you will have a more productive day and just feel better overall. Good to know. Okay, so, and uh, you mentioned it, right? A lot of people working at home, so now's the time. You don't have to get up at 3 a.m. to go to the gym. You can't do that. So get up at a reasonable time, work out first. And, and you said it too, online. There are a lot of courses and classes you can take online, but there's a lot we can do in our homes, isn't there, that we don't even need equipment for? A hundred percent, yes. Um, you know, a lot of body weight movements. Um, we have the Good Life Instagram channel uh, where we host uh, workouts six days a week for free for every Canadian and beyond Canada. Um, and all of those classes, we typically don't use any equipment at all. Um, so you can, there's lots of choices for you to, to find those things that work. Simple things like squats, push-ups, lunges. Um, you don't need any weight except what you have on your body. Um, and again, all of those things make a difference. The other key thing as well is trying to aim to increase the number of steps you're doing per day. So if you remember a few years ago, Fitbits were really, really popular and everybody had one. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I really, really think this is the year maybe for a comeback for them. Um, if you can, you know, our goal is 10,000 steps a day, but whatever you're doing to see an increase, because a lot, a lot of people now are doing maybe 500 steps a day. We're doing less activity than we were, say, a year ago, um, just by the nature of us kind of being indoors. So it all adds up. All of those little things will help you along your way and get you ready for 2021. Abby, you mentioned that, you know, we know that physical activity, particularly cardio, will boost uh, your mental well-being. But let's, let's back it up and, uh, you know, getting past that block mentally you know thinking you want to start and and i'm going to start tomorrow i'm going to start tomorrow and then it turns into weeks how do we how do we jump start that even before we feel the benefits mentally of this physical activity if we've had that block and have just been you know without using the term lazy for whatever reason lazy haven't been able to said it (laughs) been able to get that start yeah it's it's tough the first step is the hardest for so many people Um, And you have to find something that you look forward to. So if for you, it's, you know, I want to go for a walk and that's my first step today. It's like, what can I do to eliminate any barriers from happening that will prevent me from doing that? For some people, it's putting their shoes right beside their bed first thing in the morning. Um, So when they roll out, they put them on and they go right away before anything else comes up. Um, Other times it's, you know, connecting with with others. So friends, family member, um, schedule a date, whether it's online or in person distanced um, that you you know that you have accountability to someone else, which, you know, we are very social in nature. And if we know if there's an appointment with a friend or a family member, we're likely going to be there. Find something that will inspire you. Maybe it's a reward. So perhaps there's like a podcast or a radio show or music that you only listen to when you are working out. Um, All of those little things that, you know, start to kind of hardwire into your body. It becomes something you then start to look forward to instead of going, oh, I really don't want to do that. Fair enough. And Emmy, you don't have to start huge, right? Just set a goal, make a plan. It can be small to start, but we just have to take that first step. You're so right. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. That's Abby Johnson-Bertrand, who is a team and performance specialist with Good Life Fitness. It's always, uh, I can always find an excuse. If you ever need one, <laughs> You've got a long I, list. I can lend, I can lend, I can be an excuse <laughs> generator, but there's something to be said about the mental. And, you know, when I do uh, get into these streaks where I'm, you know, very much motivated, 
I'd leave the gym. Well, not leave the gym. Now I'll be leaving the basement or walking around the block. Yeah. Just feeling so much better and Always. energized. You're tired during it, but afterwards... And you hate just finally getting yourself to do it, but after you do yeah. it, you're good. I've been pushing myself 5K a day, yeah. and I've slacked off, and I then I don't beat myself up. I've missed a few days. That's the other thing, right? But overall, I'm trying to do 5K a day, and you don't need any equipment to do that, and it's a great way to get my kids and haul them out of their rooms, too. Don't scrub your whole routine because you missed it when it was yeah, minus don't be so hard on 25 yourself. with wind chill yesterday. And actually, the weather does look a lot better yep. for people getting so it's outdoors. It's not bad. And hey, just as she said, you know, go to Good Life's Instagram. You can take free classes with them using no equipment. So you don't have to have anything in your house right now. Coming up on 6.50 on your Monday morning and the Electoral College set to certify Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States of America today. Joining us with details is Global's Washington correspondent, Reggie Cicchini. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. So will this happen today despite 80% of Republicans still refusing to acknowledge Biden's win? Is that irrelevant? Uh, and despite the president himself uh, refusing Joe Biden's win and refusing to call the uh, the president-elect to say congratulations, the Electoral College is going to meet today. And by 7 o'clock tonight, when the uh, electors in Hawaii, uh, Eastern Time, cast their ballots as well, this will be an Electoral College certified victory for Joe Biden, and it will make it nearly impossible for Republicans and for the president to get in the way of that. Impossible. They can't legally get in the way, but it, it's certainly not going to be something that's going to dampen or, uh, you know, squash the president from making statements or the Republican supporters from making statements as we move closer even to January 20th. Yeah, look, even at the end of last week, we had more than 100 sitting Republicans in the House of Representatives backing the president to say that this was a rigged election, even though this was an election that led to the majority of them being elected in the first place. Uh, they're trying to decry it as fraudulent. At the end of the day, this is not going to do anything. They can try to jam the system up. They can try to gum things up. They can try to kind of refuse to uh, allow for the certification during the new Congress to take place on January 6th. But because there is a uh, kind of two-party hold in Washington right now, it is not going to have a consent for anything. And at the end of the day, they'll be able to slow things down. They won't be able to change the outcome. Reggie, I've seen so many comments that this is really the, the Republicans keep doing this. It's the destruction of democracy in the United States. Does does that does this change how things go and how things are run or or just the way people think? I think history is going to look back on this as a way to not operate an election and a way for a party to not uh, accept its own defeat. Uh, because, look, four years ago when Donald Trump won, these Republicans were first uh, to the post to say, congratulations, Mr. Trump. This is the same party that is now saying that Mr. Trump won this election, refusing to accept the fact that Democrats actually won. So I think that this is going to be a moment to uh, you know, look back on from the future to say, here's what went wrong. And realistically, this is going to be a big reality check, not only for for Republicans, but for the president's base as well, because they're simply going to be out of options and there's nothing for them to do other than complain now. Reggie, we have just a few seconds left with you, but I wanted to get up to date what's happening in the U.S. as we know that the vaccine uh, did land in Canada uh, last night and going to start rolling out as early as today and moving through basically Wednesday um, for the initial rollout. What's happening in the U.S. is the vaccine uh, starting to be doled out? Vaccine is being delivered to states today, a couple of million doses. We will see the first person getting their needle on camera, likely in the next couple of hours, if not into early afternoon. Uh, there's roughly three million doses being handed out. Half a million will be, will be put into government reserves. Uh, it is not going to be enough for anywhere near what the country needs to kind of create some kind of immunity here, roughly 15% of the population by the end of the year. So despite the fact that vaccines are finally coming out, uh, health officials are saying, look, mitigation is the only thing that you can do to slow the spread. We're expecting 300,000 dead by the end of today. Wow.
That's a shocking number. Thank you so much for joining us, Reggie. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Reggie Cicchini, Global's Washington correspondent. 842 now, and boy, seniors have been particularly impacted by the pandemic this year, and so many have endured long periods of lonely isolation. But there's a way we Calgarians can help. With details on the Stockings for Seniors program, we're joined this morning by Arlene Adamson, CEO of Silvera for Seniors. Good morning, Arlene. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us. I know people are going to jump all over this. So tell us about this initiative. I just, I love it. I hope so. Um, we at Silvera house uh, 1,450 seniors, and you're right. They have been enduring months and months of isolation. In fact, one of our communities, 65 days. Wow. Uh, so it's not easy. Um, it has not been easy for them to be cut off from any family support, if they even have family um, and enduring uh, time in their room in a lot of isolation. So Calgarians can help. We can all uh, do our bit uh, by safely assembling uh, senior stockings. So get a stocking and a few items that you think a senior would love, things like chocolate and uh, hygiene items, maybe some puzzles or crossword uh, books and uh, soap. Those are things that are really important. You know, in my stocking, I added in, I stuffed in a, a, a pair of pajamas for a gentleman and a nightie for one of our residents and um, a, a couple of fun things to do. And it was easy for me to do in isolation. Um, it's easy for me to drop off. And so I hope that Calgarians will certainly join us. We've only got 200 stockings. We've got, you know, 1,200 1, yet to go. Mm. So Really, uh, this is a wonderful way for us to to do this in a very safe manner and call your hockey team, you know, your Browning club, church groups, your colleagues. This is a really wonderful way that Calgarians can make a massive difference for so many people who have been caught very lonely and very isolated through the pandemic. So we can do our part, Arlene, and then I'm wondering, once we've compiled these stockings, walk us through the process to make sure that these stockings make it to the seniors. Well, um, we have till the 18th, so Fridays are sort of cut off timeline to allow us to get them to all of our communities. So we've got communities across every quadrant of this city. Uh, so you can drop it off at our Shaughnessy community um, and at 30 Shannon Place Southwest or our Aspen community um, in Bridgeland or just look on the, the Silvera website at silvera.ca, S-I-L-V-E-R-A.ca for more details as to how. And then We've got a few people who uh, have have fo- are following the protocol that will be a- are able to distribute them um, f- from within our organization to reduce the footprint. Of course, we don't want people going in, and that's the unfortunate side is that people aren't going to be able to deliver them directly to the resident. But we'll make sure they're ha- they're hung on every resident's door handle for them to receive on Christmas Eve. I just love this, and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money to do this. I mean, really, you could go to the dollar store and buy, oh. you know, some fuzzy socks and all the things that you mentioned and really make a beautiful stocking for oh. not a lot of money. Absolutely. This is an inexpensive way to do something very safe in this COVID environment when we've all got added restrictions. Um, and then we, the drop-off can also be touchless as well. So really hope that Calgarians can find it in their hearts to do something for so many of our aging population that are um, needing to know that Calgarians care about them and are thinking about them mm-hmm. through this season.
So, Arlene, it is a busy time uh, for people. I know a lot of people might be in the car right now hearing this. Can they get everything they need at Silvera.ca, or is it, is it best to call? What's the best way? Yeah, Andrew, that's absolutely correct. Uh, right on our website, it'll give you some details as mm-hmm. to and some ideas of things that you can put in your stocking if you're you're looking for some ideas. Um, but we just hope that in these last couple of days, that Calgarians will put a push on to do play a, play a role in making sure that seniors aren't feeling the 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 loneliness of the holiday season when it's supposed to be all about joy. This is a wonderful way to make a huge difference. Well, if everybody who's listening can put together a stocking, what a massive difference we could make together. Thank you so much for joining us, Arlene. Appreciate your time. Thank you, and happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you both. To you as well. Thank you so much. That's Arlene Adamson, CEO of Silvera for Seniors. And again, you go to Silvera, S-I-L-V-E-R-A, silvera.ca. All the details are there, and you can make a big difference in a senior's life.